at one point, I was in a role that I was traveling Monday to Friday, and I was always on a plane. So this is to say that I never had the chance to pause and ask myself the tough question. I was always on a roll. And so this rejection really came as a gift in disguise because he allowed me to give birth to some of my biggest dreams. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the B2B Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Nils Vinya, and today my guest is Nadia Karta. Nadia, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on and spending some time with us. Nadia is the head of data transformation at Google and just an absolutely incredible leader. And I invited you on this podcast because we had such an intriguing conversation when we got to know each other and had our first, had our first chat. I wanted to dig in a little bit and I'm going to start with the, one of the most important things I took away from our conversation was that element of sparking your zeal because this is, is all over your LinkedIn profile. It's a, in a big way, a large part of what you do. And could you share a little bit about what it means to spark your zeal? Wow. Well, thank you for asking me this very question. I'm very passionate about zeal in general. Where do I begin? You know, Niels, I've always been one of those kids that was very bubbly and energetic. And this trait in my life really stayed with me throughout high school, college, and eventually the work environment. And one day I was with my coach. You and I discussed a lot about coaching. And I was with my coach. And like any good coach, they would ask me, what are the things that you do well? And what are the things that everyone appreciates about you in the work environment and in your community? And I said, wow, such a powerful question because often as a imposter syndrome in recovery, I have such a tough time to see what are the things that I'm doing well. And I said, well, you know, everyone always tells me that when I'm in the room, there's so much energy, there is this enthusiasm and this desire of doing things and, and getting things done and this, you know, uplifting spirit. And she looked at me and she said, oh, basically, you spark everyone's zeal. And I said, oh, my God, that's what it is. I spark everyone's zeal. And so this became very quickly kind of my tagline to the point that when people see me, they even say, oh, yeah, I sparked my zeal this way. Or, Nadia, you sparked my zeal in this speech or in this event. And so this is what I've been brought into this world my life purpose, if we can call it, to really re-energize people, re-energize lives and souls and dissolve that inertia that is very normal. I mean, we're all human and just make sure that we are living our lives at our best with zeal for everything that we do. I love it. That is an absolutely wonderful. And sometimes, you know, it just, it hits, right? When you're Searching for one of those answers, a coach asks you a powerful question, you're thinking about it, and sometimes it's hard for us to have the words. So that's so cool that inside of a coaching relationship, you were able to get clarity that you needed, and it sparked your zeal and went down a whole different direction. That's absolutely wonderful. All right. I, thank you for bringing it full circle. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I thought that was one of the most interesting things when I saw your uh, LinkedIn profile for the first time when we got connected. 
And I also noticed, you know, you're head of data transformation at Google and you've been at Google for how long is it now? 14 months, 14 years and three months. Wow. Okay. 14 years and three months inside of one of the most amazing companies in the world. I'm taking, you know, looking back at your trajectory through Google from a leadership perspective, what are some of the most important lessons and things that you've learned along the way? Because surviving and thriving inside of an one organization for 14 years is an incredible accomplishment. And no, there's probably lots of up and ups and downs, which we'll get into a little bit. But what are some of the most important things you've taken away from your experience and tenure at Google? Thank you for this wonderful question. It's always a good moment to reflect and look back on what are the learnings and what are we taking with us from the journey. I would say I try to distill it to three. I'm a, I'm a big three person in my language. I, I think that it helps me and the others remembering what I'm saying. And it truly helps with the structure and the framework on the thoughts. So my three my three learning at Google for surely will be number one, the curiosity. I've always been a curious individual before than a professional, before than anything else. Always curious about other people's lives, always curious about whatever events that were going on. Probably that's why I decided to become a coach because asking questions has always been very natural to me. And I, I saw very quickly in my career at Google that by being curious, I was able to access any possible environment and every door was being open to me because people saw that I had a genuine interest in whatever they were doing and whatever they were, they were getting busy with. So curiosity, most definitely number one. Number two is this humble and vulnerable spirit. Whomever follows me and whomever knows me in person would say that if there's one thing that I'm not able to do is to lying or mask things or hiding secrets. I'm a very big open book. And that for me translates in being authentic, even when things are difficult and even when things are rough. And so my team, for example, would always say that for me, they always get the, the rundown or the appropriate one and the, and the, the truth or whatever is going on. That doesn't mean that I don't, let's say, filter it. My leadership style is very authentic and vulnerable, but always with some filters because I believe that filtering is an act of generosity. Not everyone needs to know anything at all times, but always with a spirit that is genuine, caring, vulnerable, and authentic. That for me has been my, my second trait about my leadership style that truly got me far at Google. And look, the third thing that is a little bit overrated, but always distinguished me is this idea of aiming for big things, having this vision and having this desire of thriving for the impossible. A lot of people would say that saying this is not possible to me would be almost the unwanted sentence. And that's because I always believe that if there's a vision and if there's a desire, Almost anything is possible. So this got me very far at Google because I still remember a couple of years ago, even the project that people deemed the most difficult or the most challenging, there was always the Nadia card, the Nadia card. And when my bosses and directors and, and VPs were, let's say, playing the Nadia card, 
that means that that project was getting done. And so, you know, these three are my, my traits. So curiosity, authenticity, and vulnerability, and really getting things done, even the most difficult one. Uh, that's wonderful. You put it together so well. I'm a big fan of threes as well. And playing the Nadia card, I, I, I you must, you earned <laughs> that, that moniker. And that's, that's really incredible. Now, I, you've posted something on LinkedIn just recently about a big, next step or next role that you were had prepared for had done a lot of work to get towards had gone through the whole interview process but you didn't get the role would you tell us a little bit about what happened and what that taught you maybe what did you take away from that experience thank you for noticing for commenting and supporting and asking this it's it's so serendipitous because it's going to be one year that i didn't get that role and back last year, I had prepared so much. One of those situations where everyone say, oh my God, you are the perfect person for that role. For sure, you're going to get it. You're doing all the right things. One of those situations that you walk into the environment with so much certainty and so much ownership that you perform, I would say, pretty well because you're proof that that's your, you know, your trajectory. And then one afternoon after some weeks, the HR person calls me and says, we're very sorry, but you didn't get the role. And I even asked, is there has been some feedback? I would love to learn. What could I have done better? You know, the typical questions that you would ask in a corporation. And I was told, well, you did everything well. And right at this moment, there was simply another candidate that was stronger, more in line with the job. And I've been told, continue to do what you're doing and eventually other roles will come up. Uh, which is pretty common in a corporation. Whomever is being in a corporation will know that this thing happen. It's pretty normal. But in that moment, I got really bummed. I still remember I was walking home with my husband and I said, I don't understand what happened. Uh, I had prepared so much. I had all people supporting me and I knew how to do the job. I was like, I, I don't get it. And for a couple of weeks, I know this resonates with you because you're a coach, but for a couple of weeks, I was pretty sad. I couldn't see through. And I kept asking myself, what is this event telling me? And part of the reason why for me it was so hard to accept, this is a bit of a news that I never shared with anyone, is that I never got rejected from an interview before. Mm. And, you know, even now that I'm saying it, 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 it feels uh, different, right? I'm like, okay, I've said it. I was never rejected in an interview before. And so, you know, I was one of those kids, Neil, that in school always has the best grades, always very bright. You know, Nadia was not this person that was failing eventually. And so I booked a session with my coach. You know, my coaches are the people that I always go to whenever I have things like this going on. And I started unpacking and packing. And my coach tells me, you know, Nadia, I believe that in life, there's only three answers. There's yes, there's not yet, and there's something better is coming. And I was like, whoa, 
I never thought it that way. Something this simple in that moment was so powerful and came to me like a thunderstorm. I says, whoa, what's going on? And I sat down in meditation. I'm a very spiritual person. And I sat down with my journal and I said, what is the something better that is coming to me? What am I to discover that if I would have taken this role, I would have not discovered? Like, what is it, right? And I started unpacking and packing. And, you know, I'm also an action-led person. You know, I'm a corporate ninja. And so, you know, doing things, I meditate, but eventually I got to do something. And so I started again with my business consultant this time. And I said, listen, this, this, and this. I'm feeling this fire inside my heart. I need to channel it. Like if I'm not getting this role, which was my next, my next job, I said, what am I doing? Like this job, I already know it. I'm already mastering it. What is my next thing that I have to tackle? Well, listen, one year later, <laughs> I launched this movement, Spark Your Zeal. They came in one of these sessions because the fire is eventually the zeal and this fire i needed to channel it somewhere and help people dissolve inertia like i was helping myself dissolving my inertia and so i found that spark your zeal i started writing a journal that i hope is gonna see the light soon i had desired to write my book which eventually i did and i launched my own podcast about leadership because i said I have so much to say and there's so much in my bones and in my, you know, blood that I cannot hold it. And if with my words, someone else can be inspired, let it be. Wow. Wow. That was a powerful story. Now, let me ask you, if you had gotten the promotion in that next role, do you think it's possible that you'd be where you are today with regards to the Spark Your Zeal, your book, your podcast, all those other things? Would they have happened anyway? I'm sure that they would have not happened. Wow. And here's the reason why. I would have been so busy, yep. but so busy with the pressure and the responsibility and the need to perform that I would have been head down into my next job. Look, I am a person of a very high integrity and when someone gives me something to do, you rest assured that not only I would get it done, but I would get it done fast with a very high quality and I'm also in recovery perfectionist and so I would have not saved one cent of my blood into this new project. And in my 14 years in the corporate environment, I changed jobs, I'm not kidding, probably every two years in the house. You know, I got five promotions, I got two kids on the way, so two maternity leaves, I changed four countries. At one point, I was in a role that I was traveling Monday to Friday, and I was always on a plane. So this is to say that I never had the chance to pause and ask myself the tough question. I was always on a roll. And so this rejection really came as a gift in disguise because he allowed me to give birth to some of my biggest dreams. I, I just got chills down my back in my arms when you talked about that. 
the fact that you never paused to ask yourself these tough questions. And that is rings so true to me personally and what I've experienced, as well as lots and lots of people I've coached and lots of people I've worked with over the years. So we get so busy doing exactly what you described, being incredible at our work, that sometimes the things that are going to bring us the greatest joy in life don't ever get to see the light of day. And when you describe that feeling of something burning inside of you, right, that was the time for it to come out. And it never would have seen the light of day had this situation occurred where you did not get the thing you actually wanted. That's fascinating. I, I love that you summarized it that way. And so last year I turned 40. And uh, I believe that I will say in the life of a woman, but that applies also to a man, to whatever gender you self-identify with. There's something special about the midpoint of your life. Yeah. I mean, of course, I, dr I dream of living until 100. But let's say that even arriving at 80s in a very good shape and with all of my powers in place would be a terrific achievement. So I consider 40 like the midway of my life. And I think that there was a reason why it happened in that moment. Because typically the midlife is when we pause, we reflect, what have we done and what do we still want to accomplish? And typically, you know, those are moments where you do, you take this, this big decision. And I had just moved to New York for since two years. I live in New York since three years now. I moved from Italy, as you can say from my accent. And mind you, I've always had terrific fun at Google. I still have, like, I'm so happy in my role and. I got everything that I possibly wanted and the company continues to give me all that I need to, to thrive. What changed in that moment was to a bit of a break into that hysteria of continuing wanting the next thing, which again, it's very corporate and it's very type A and it's very... You know, if you're an ambitious person, like I've always been, you know, very ambitious, there's nothing wrong with it. However, if you are a person that also has big things that you want to accomplish beyond the corporate environment, there has to be a moment where you take that time to explore it. And when I say the rejection was a gift in disguise, it's probably because the universe was hearing my input. And this desire of saying, what else is there for me? Love it. Love it. Oh, it's so good. And, and the best part is that the universe might have been saying that all along, but you just weren't ready to hear it until that point in time. And that was when it, the message got through. And I think that's just so incredibly powerful, number one, to have that experience, but number two, to follow it. Right, because sometimes we might hear things and feel them and then shut it down and be like, well, I couldn't possibly do that or I couldn't go down that path or I couldn't take that time away. I couldn't invest in that program to learn how to do X, Y, Z or become a coach or something else. But the reality is you're not going to know until you are just like you, one of your key points earlier, just being curious. And so when that, when, you know, kind of some of this was coming to formation and you were realizing that okay, this spark your zeal thing is a real thing. This opened up a whole other possibility, which is a big, big topic, right? Um, I'm curious, how did you balance then this passion for what you wanted to bring to the world as a whole with the leadership that you role that you are in at, inside of Google, which you still love your team and love your work 
how'd you balance those two things? Because it sounds like they were both really important to you and both, I'm sure, very fulfilling and very all-encompassing too. I think you were sent to me by the universe today, Niels. I'm going to say this because you're asking me all the questions that are really inside my heart. You know, everyone that has been following big passion and works in a corporation is asking themselves this very thing at this very moment. It's fascinating how lately I'm stumbling on content that speaks about this. Like, okay, you have this thing that you like, but you also have your corporate job. How do you balance? How do you bounce? And, and what is the moment, right? The conclusion that I came for myself at this moment in time is that the spark your zeal makes me such a better leader mm. and fascinating that it's so visible. I was in the office a couple of weeks ago. Someone stopped me in the cafe and said, you know, Nadia, I wanted to share an observation with you. I've been knowing you for many years now. And they said, this version of Nadia has been my favorite so far. And I said, can you, can you share some more? I mean, I love where all of this is going. Help me understand. And so throughout the conversation, what they shared is the fact I'm finally putting myself out there fully is giving others so much more and is giving others so much permission to also bring themselves a lot mm. more. And I mean, eventually what a corporate life is, is where everyone has a sense of belonging, where everyone can thrive and when everyone can continue to do what you're doing at their highest potential. Yeah. And so by people and other leaders seeing me being at my highest potential and fueling my passion, he gave them more energy. And so when I walk into the office now, I have more desire of accomplished things. My client loves me more because I'm more inspiring. I'm not only talking about a bunch of tech and a bunch of ads, but I am encouraging them in building for a better future. And I do what I call it business with grace. It's not only about the numbers. It's not only about the plans. It's also about the programs, but mostly is about bringing together a next generation of humans that are fulfilling themselves while also doing meaningful work. So long story short, for me, the balance in fueling each other, one makes the other one more rich. That's so cool. I mean, it's just, it's so inspiring to hear your story and hear the integration of these two what could be from the outside looked at as very different things, but the combination is actually exponentially more powerful than either one alone. And that's just giving others, you know, permission, building an inclusive environment. I, I really like the term business with grace, right? Because you are creating the next generation of humans. And I think this is the next generation of leadership, frankly, is, is having this skill set that you have, having that understanding of what this means to you, but also under being, bringing that to the environment inside of your business, whatever company size or stage it is, and creating a place where other people feel safe and encouraged to do their absolute best work because you're doing your best work. I mean, that's just, I, that sounds like a blast. 
It is. And look, I'm going to say this as a last sentence on this. I've been asking myself so many times, is this the time to quit? Is this the time to change and all of it? And I've always answered, the company needs you now more than ever. Mm. And I believe that there's a reason why I've been put in the place I am right at this moment, because we need to transform. And the more I'm able to scale, the more voices I'm able to put together and the more years I'm able to connect to hear this way of doing business, the better it's going to be for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And it all starts with you, right? This is, you're the perfect embodiment of the sentiment that I call being the CEO of your career. You were in charge. You figured this out. You have coaches that you employ just like I do. I run my own business, but I still hire coaches because I can't coach myself. It doesn't work, right? But you put everything into motion that has brought you to this point today. And as you said, there's a reason why you're here. And there's a reason why your leadership style is infectious and works. And you are spreading zeal not only within Google, but also outside. And I think that's absolutely wonderful because it shows that you are in true alignment with who you are as a person and who you are as a leader and everybody that you come into contact with and everybody they come into contact with ultimately benefits. Thank you for saying this, Niels. It's, uh, it's giving me emotions, probably a little tears because sometimes it's hard to listen it from other people and hearing you saying it, it really fills my heart because it means that this work is seeding and is growing. Yeah. So. yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and it is the absolute necessary work. Right? The leadership has transformed over many years and is no longer anything related to what it was twenty years and even thirty years ago. Right, where you work with over one company forever and you just you know try to get by and you just try to hit some numbers and you just try to no, it's about people. It's always about people, and in order to help other people, you got to lead yourself first. And you got to figure these things out. And that's, there's a space for it. There's a place for it. There's people that help you like Nadia, like myself, like a million others out there, but it has to be directed by the individual. This is the key, the catch on being the CEO of your career. There is nobody else who's going to come, who could have ever come to you and said, Nadia, here's what you need to do in order to discover this and build a meaningful life. It just never would have worked, right? So we have to, it has to come from within us, but the more drive that you have, just like you share, and I've been down a similar path of discovery and asking myself those tough questions that I put off for a long time, led me to exactly where I am, where I can have the greatest impact that I want on the world as well. Yes. And you said one thing very important that I want to underscore. You said, you have to be ready to hear it. Yeah. And too often, there is a lot of noise. And we're not able to hear it. And when is the right time? That's when we can hear it. So I love what you said. Awesome. Okay. So when let's let's dig on that as a as one last kind of uh, dig in on a topic here because that one is an interesting one, and it doesn't always feel like there's time to pause and hear it. Like in your case, in your story, there was a point at which you didn't get the job, and it kind of forced you into this really reflective stage. At my point, various things <laughs> happened a few times, but. I've had to be forced into being open to it there. So having gone through that, and I'll share my advice too, but having gone through that, what would you sh say someone should think about or pay attention to or as a way to open up 
listening to what is inside of them or what the universe is telling them. If they're in a role that's like what you were describing, you were potentially going to be in where it's 24 seven and there's no chance to reflect and it's just go, 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 especially in challenging economic times like we're in. What advice would you say to somebody, a leader in that position where maybe they're in a, you know, midpoint in their life or career and they know there's probably something else out there, but they haven't really opened themselves up to it? Yeah, thank you for this very powerful question. Here's my advice and what I learned eventually. It is possible to make sure that we are living our life with everyday pauses. And what do I mean by that? By embracing a practice of mindfulness and meditation on my daily routines, and I want to underscore daily, as well as journaling, so three things, mindfulness, meditation, and journaling, that truly helped me in making the listening to myself a practice Mm. instead of waiting for the moment. And by making it a practice, I'm now able to detect on a daily basis my state. And I'm able to observe and saying, that project that someone wants me to hand up, that doesn't feel right with where am I going from a goals perspective. Or that event that people want me to involve with or to speak at or whatever is not in alignment with what do I want to build further. Now, of course, especially if you're in a corporation, there are things that you must do regardless of you liking it or not. But the goal here is not to remove it all, is to have boundaries and to actively manage it so that you put yourself in a position where more often than not, you are doing things that you are in alignment with, things that are raising your vibrations and things that have a net positive impact on your development. And so the daily practices, right, like mindfulness, meditation, and journaling. And look, I will repeat it because I'm a fond proponent of this, not only because I'm a coach or you're a coach. I actually don't exercise a coach practice anymore. So if people want me as their coach, unless <laughs> unless you become my best friend, that is impossible. Kidding. I mean, I feel good for some people. But for me, coaching now is a way of living. It's not anymore just a profession or a practice. It's the way I conduct myself. Do make yourself a favor and find your coach. There are so many coaches out there in any possible field. The reason why this is important, I have two coaches myself, not one, two. The reason why this is important is that you do need that external ears, that external eyes, that listening that is able to keep you honest sometimes, even when you don't want to be honest with yourself. So when people ask you those fierce and genuine and caring but strong questions about your life, about where you're going and about what you're building, that really puts you in front of a mirror and that confronts you with your desires, your dream and your walk of life. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes you see see things that you don't want to see, but you have to have that awareness. 
And often, if not always, you do need a coach to bring you to that awareness. So these two nails for me are the biggest thing that I recommend, making it a daily practice somehow and having a coach and a partner that is helping you because the combo of these two will really assure you that you are getting where you want to get. Oh, wonderful advice. And I, I, mine was very, very much in line, no surprise, <laughs> with yours in terms of the, the daily practices. Right? And I love the fact that you added the journaling, mindfulness, meditation, and journaling. Mindfulness and meditation are definitely on my list. Journaling is something I haven't historically been great at, but it is something that is bringing it, bringing the awareness every day is what comes through the meditation for me. And I might actually experiment with some journaling again because it's been a while since I, since I did it last or did it consistently last. And the underlying piece here of what both Nadia and I are saying is that it's about awareness, right? And the more you pay attention and give your inner voice and inner person a space to come out, the more aware you will become of the things that are really important to you and really in alignment with who you are. The more you shut that out and just stay focused on the day-to-day and your calendar and your to-dos and that, the less you will have and the higher the likelihood that it will come out at some point. I guarantee it will come out at some point, but a lot of times it doesn't come out in a very healthy way. I struggled with that for a long time. I put a lot, pushed a lot of stuff down and it came out in some very unhealthy habits, all of which I've been able to remove as a result of making meditation a daily practice and to bring that space where it's okay for the inside you to come out and show itself and some of the craziest ideas just like spark in your zeal will come to you in those times when you least expect it because you gave it an opening and that's that was one of the most fascinating things is i've had similar revelations like that where the only reason i saw it was just because i gave myself the space to be open at that point in time and i think as leaders that's one of the most important things we have to do as some of the answers that you know, our team needs or the vision or the leadership or whatever comes as the result of not thinking through problems, but actually feeling through them and just experiencing and being present with the team. And that can all be done on a daily basis. Well, I'm so glad that you shared that, Niels. I'm so happy that you're doing well now. It's so important. And the one thing I'll connect back on the journaling is writing words somewhere has now been proven to have an effect on how your brain is processing those things and the likelihood that you get it. And a lot to that, going back to read and review what you had written the year before or five years before, I've been actively journaling every day for probably 10 years now. Even today, I found a paper that was from 2015 and I looked at it. And I said, wow, I got all the things that I brought in this journal that I wanted to get. Those are all here. This evidence is energy that is going to fuel you and fuel us forward as we continue to, you know, thrive and run in this life. Such a good inspiration. And I, you, you got me going. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to experiment with journaling again. I'm going to bring it back in and, and see what I can see what comes next and see what open myself up to the inner piece of me that may, even despite a daily meditation practice and others, may still be trying to get out. And I will bring that to everybody I work with and I will be better for it. They will be better for it. We all will be better for it. So thank you. I love it. Awesome. Well, Nadia, it's been an absolute blast talking leadership, coaching, 
personal reflections, life evolution, all things with you this afternoon. And thank you so much for your time. Where can people go to learn more about Spark Your Zeal, your LinkedIn profile, website? What would you like them to go to? Uh, thank you. It's been such a pleasure to be here with you today. Your questions were absolutely fabulous. And you. you can find me on LinkedIn under Nadia Carta, that is N-A-D-I-A-C-A-R-T-A. I accept everyone. I truly believe it is a gift of energy. So I welcome your connections. And you can sign up for my uh, mailing list at nadiacarta.com dash list. That, that is L-I-S-T. And then listen, the word is a word of love and energy and is the one thing that is free. And I encourage everyone just to be compassionate with each other and support each other in this walk of life that is all about making dreams come real. So I'm happy that today you had me here and I hope that we will stay in touch. Oh, absolutely. Definitely stay in touch. Thank you so much. We'll include links to the, everything Nadia mentioned in the show notes. Thank you so much, Nadia. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. 